When you're in the market for a new car, you want a vehicle that conquers your daily commute, easily handles the elements, and looks great too. You need the reliability of a Toyota and the confidence that your investment will last. Why? Because after all the carpools, shopping trips, and weekends out, you want a car that still has plenty of miles left in it and holds its value for a great trade-in deal. That's where Toyota leads the pack as the number one resale value brand for 2024, according to Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com. So check out the all-new, fully redesigned 2025 Camry or test drive a stylish and affordable Corolla sedan or hatchback. And remember, when you choose Toyota, you're not just buying a car for today, you're investing in trade-in value for tomorrow. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals, for more. Vehicles projected resale value is specific to the 2024 model year. For more information, visit kellybluebookskbb.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Toyota, let's go places. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to become happier, healthier, and more productive. Or at least try. This week, we'll talk about why you might pick a one-word theme for the year and why the best time to start a new habit is now. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, the longtime witness and sometimes recruit to my experiment. <laughs> That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, TV writer and producer living in Los Angeles. And Gretch, I don't know if you can hear a sort of whirring on my end, but I am coming to you live from my much talked about treadmill desk. Excellent. No, you, you're coming through loud and clear. That's great. It's real and it's happening now. <laughs> coming to you live. Before we dive into everything, Gretch, in episode 24, we talked about whether or not you should get a dog. Yeah. And we asked people to weigh in, and wow, we've gotten such amazing response. Yes, I put out a um, desperate call for advice, yes. and many listeners very kindly weighed in. Yes, they not only sent their awesome dog photos, <laughs> but they also sent their advice. So let's just hear a little bit of what people had to say. Hi, this is Leanne from Jacksonville, Florida, and I vote no on getting a dog for the kids. I would encourage you to wait to get a dog. Because I love dogs, I have to vote no. She said she felt dread when she thinks about getting a dog. That's just not what you want to feel when you're thinking about adding a new member to your family. 
The reality is that the dog eats her own poo, digs in the yard, has frequent bouts of diarrhea and vomiting. Gretchen, I would just like to say, get a grip. You're slipping into a mode that I don't recognize in you, and your questioning about dog maintenance is your gut saying, no way. You're not making a commitment today. You're making a commitment 10 years from now, maybe even 15 years from now. Don't get a puppy. They are so much work. I wondered if Gretchen considered adopting an old dog. I recommend you foster a dog that is the size, temperament, and breed that would be ideal for you. I was in your exact shoes 13 years ago. Like you, I didn't want to be remembered as the wet blanket that wouldn't let us get a dog, so I relented. Trust me, if you work from home, it will become your dog. On the good side, though, Pepper became my little buddy, and I just fell in love with her. And truthfully, it's been nice having someone home with me during the day. I still wouldn't trade her in for the world. Ah, this is Judy from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I didn't want a dog. We were given a little schnauzer, and he wormed his way into my heart. Now I'm dog-free, but all three grown children still laugh and talk about the fun they had with their dog. Remember, kids only have a limited time to grow up with a family dog. He is more work for me, but he's worth it. I think that having a dog and a family is just so enhancing. Twelve years later, our kids have flown the nest, and my furry, loving little Cody is sitting at my feet as I speak. We've had our golden retriever puppy, Ruby, for almost two years now, and she brings so much joy and happiness to our lives, and I would never take it back. It's so worth the work. The rewards, including children learning about kindness, responsibility, forgiveness, loyalty, unconditional love, discipline, and sharing, far, far outweigh the chores. Good luck. It'll make you a better person. Okay, so keep those comments coming. And if you want to read other people's comments and advice and to see those photos of the, of the adorable dogs, uh, the brilliant Nick Qua here at Panoply made a Tumblr account, happierpodcastdogs.tumblr.com. And remember, with Tumblr, you leave out the E, so it's just Tumblr, T-U-M-B-L-R. Check it out. The link also will be in all the usual places. Um, But go take a look and see what people had to say and and what their dogs look like. Yeah, because, Gretch, it's interesting. It's not all yes. No. It's very very different, you know, sides of the fence. Yeah. It's it's worth checking out. Yeah. No, people really responded very thoughtfully. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to hop off my treadmill so I don't spend the whole episode uh, with this sound in the background, but I just wanted I just wanted to try it. Excellent. All right. Ready. So, Elizabeth, uh, here in the United States, uh, at least, it's kind of the, the back-to-school season. It's the end of August, and we're all getting that kind of going-back-to-school vibe. And I don't know about you, but for me, that always feels like a new beginning. It's kind of like the other new year. Um, is that feeling of going back to school. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. I uh, Fall is like the start of the year. It's like this is when everything's happening. Absolutely. So we decided our Try This at Home would be kind of a related to this beginning of the year feeling. And we decided to do something that both of us have done before with great uh, success, which is to pick a one-word theme for the year. And I got this originally from a friend, um, and his one word themes, one was dark, 
because he is kind of a dark guy, I got to say. Uh-huh. <laughs> it showed a lot of self-knowledge. And the other one was network, because he was a TV guy, and he wanted to like get his stuff on network TV. Um, and I know you've done it, Elizabeth. What are some of the ones you've picked? Yeah, I think the first time I ever did it, it was 2000, and it was style 2000. I was determined that I was going to dress better. Uh, and I have to say, every single fall, I announce that I'm going to start dressing well, and I'll like buy a few things, and like for two uh, days yeah. or three days, I'll do it. <laughs> um, and then I always fall out. But maybe that year, I kept it up a little longer. Um, you and me both. It's yeah, it's Style 2000. Um, another year I had Hot Wheels because I, believe it or not, as you'll remember, when I moved to L.A., I didn't drive much because, like you, I hate driving. Yeah. And Sarah had to drive me everywhere, um, which she did not appreciate, as you can imagine. So Hot Wheels was the year I like got a car and I actually started driving. Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah. Then another year I had Hot Bod because I wanted to really get in shape. Um, and I think I did. I've kind of dropped off on that um, since then. Uh, what about you? Uh, well, I remember one of the one of the years mine was upgrade because uh. I wanted to just sort of like ha- do make things better, like get a better laptop, you know, get better tools. Uh, just get all my systems running better. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's helpful to have this one word theme because it kind of forces you to think about some larger kind of transcendent thing that you want from your life, but really to distill it into one very catchy word that can kind of capture everything you're after. Or a phrase in my case, hot bod and hot wheels. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's just, it's not strict one word limit. Yeah. Um, And I remember that was funny where one year, as I remember, you picked smaller and I picked bigger. Yes. I remember that because I wanted smaller numbers on my uh, blood sugar numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And you, what was your bigger? What were you wanting bigger? Well, you know, uh, there's kind of a theme with all of mine. A lot of times it's like have a, you know, get bigger, think bigger, um, expect more from myself. Like that's often. But I thought it was so interesting that uh, that the things that we picked were the opposite and they were both good and they were both kind of uh, captivating. Yeah. I wrote about this in, in my book, Happier at Home. I wrote about this one word theme and... Um, the idea to pick a one word theme. And so a lot of people sent me what they had. And it was funny because a lot of them were opposites. Like uh, one person said now and one person said wait. Ah. And one person said um, hold back. And another person said do everything all at once. Um, and other interesting words I thought were renewal, play, action, possibility, move, serve, slower adventure. So Elizabeth, what are you going to pick? What are you going to pick for your one word theme? Okay, my it's a one word this time. And it's novel. <gasps> Ooh. Uh, now novel could mean, you know, new things. But in my case, I'm actually referring to a novel. <laughs> um, as I've mentioned before, I have a young adult book that I want to write that I've actually started, but I just stalled out on it. And so my theme for this year is novel. And I want, by the end of the school year, I want to have a draft of my novel. Okay. Well, that's very specific. I know. And I know I decided I needed to get specific. And being an obliger, I am thinking I should use this podcast like as my accountability partner, or I should say the listeners of this podcast and you, so that I feel pressure to actually do it. So we're going to check in with you. 
and see if you're actually making progress because an accountability partner only works if right. there's accountability. Now, but let me ask you, do you feel like the listeners knowing what you're doing is going to be enough accountability to make you feel that need to meet the external expectation that obligers need? Is that going to be enough? I think if we bring it up on the show, yeah. If I just, you know, if if I didn't check in until, you know, June 15th, no. <laughs> okay. But if, if we check in like once a month, then I think I'll feel that, yeah, I think it'll be enough. But I, I should add, like, because I'm going to have this time when I drop Jack off at school and between dropping him off at school and, and work starting, I'm going to have like a solid hour and a half a day. So I think that's going to be my book time. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So we're going to hold you to that. And what about you? So my word is vision. Ah, that's a good word. Yeah. And because I really need to have a vision of of sort of where I'm going with my work. Right now I'm writing a a book about the four tendencies, sort of a shorter book that's just going to go really deep into the four tendencies. Like you're an obliger. What does that mean? Like, uh, and that's super fun. I'm working on that right now. But I don't know what my next big project is going to be. Mm. And that's kind of an, a restless, unsettled feeling for me. Because once I have my big project, then kind of everything in my life makes sense. And I go to a new part of the library and I'm all excited. And But I don't have that feeling yet. And uh, I don't know whether I want to write a book that's kind of sort of along the lines of my last several books that has a lot of kind of thoughts and research about how to live a happier, better, more productive life. Or do I want to write something that's much more essayistic, that's just sort of like my deep thoughts, capital D, capital T, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm kind of standing where the brook and river meet and waiting for the lightning bolt that's going to tell me which direction to go in. So I'm I'm waiting for my vision. Well, I can't wait to hear what it is. I'm I'm uh, I'm going to be at the edge of my seat waiting for your next project. <laughs> you and me both. Um, <laughs> so let us know if you do try this at home and what one word, theme, or phrase you picked. So call us uh, and leave a message at 774-277-9336 or easier to remember, 77-HAPPY-336. And remember, you can get all this information uh, on my website, GretchenRubin.com, where I create a post for every episode. This is episode 26. So we'd love to hear from you. There are some stories about our father's life that I truly never get tired of hearing, from hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting. His retelling of the events always brings me joy. Just in time for Father's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all his stories for our family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your father or father figure's life for years to come. And Gretch, you get a book of all these stories. And I love just keeping a book on the coffee table and anyone from any generation can see a story from dad, like what was his favorite toy or what was his first job? Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to StoryWorth.com happier. That's StoryWorth.com happier to save $10 on your first purchase. Now it's time for our better than before habit strategy. There are 21 strategies that we can use to make or break our habits. And this is a strategy, it's one of the three habit formation strategies that have to do with the best time to begin. It's the strategy of first steps. And I know, Gretchen, you love all these old sayings like, well begun is half done and don't get it perfect, get it going. Yes. And that's what the strategy of the first steps is. It's a reminder that practically always 
the best time to begin is now. Now, you don't want to pick a really bad time, like, you know, you're in the middle of moving or you've got the flu or something like that. But the fact is, once you have that feeling of like, mm, I think I should do something, the best time to start is now. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to start now. Like, I know for me, you know, I have sometimes I'm working and sometimes I'm on hiatus. And it's always when I'm on a hiatus, I always say, oh, when I start working, that'll be the time to pick up this habit because everything will be changing. It'll be clean slate. I'll start. And then when I'm working, I'm like, well, I'm working. I can't possibly do that now. Once hiatus starts, <laughs> that's when I'll do it. Yes. And I mean, I, I think everybody falls prey to that. And I call that tomorrow logic uh, because because of tomorrow logic, you just we just have this strong tendency to argue to ourselves that tomorrow it'll be easy to be good. Tomorrow, we're going to have more time. Tomorrow, everything for some reason is just going to be magically make it easier for us to do whatever we want to do. Now, I do it the same thing with the summer and the fall. Mm. You know, I say, oh, well, I'll do this in the summer because we'll just have all this extra free time. It'll be easy in the summer. But then once the summer starts, I'm like, oh, but, you know, once the fall starts, we'll be back on schedule. You know, it's the school schedule and everybody will be right on track and, and then it'll be easier. But the fact is, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. And one of the things that's true, too, I don't know about you, but I find that there is nothing more exhausting than the thing you never start. Oh, completely. Because it just eats at you and it drags you down. It's like the novel. I mean, not doing this novel is so much more work than doing it because I have existential, you know, crises like every in the middle of the night every night it's just exhausting but th this reminds me of something that is like a distinction between the way some people start most effectively than other people because some people do better when they start small when they make small manageable steps it's very concrete they get the feeling of accomplishment but other people do better when they start big and you're somebody who does better when you start big right yeah, I always feel like I'm the best when I just dive in um, and, and I feel sort of obsessed or consumed by something. I Small steps I find just boring and sort of wearying. And um, I don't know, it just I feel like if I start a small step, then it'll always be a small step. Well, with you writing your novel, I bet if you were like, I'll do it one hour a week, you would kind of, bleh, you know, but now if you're like, I'm going to do it an hour a day, five days a week. That's, that's that big. will be easier. That'll be easier for me because right. I'll feel like it's a real thing that's happening and vibrant. Yes. Um, whereas I need to feel like something is is really big, which thus big versus small. And another thing to keep in mind with this is like be very careful about stopping. Like once you start getting in the pattern of writing your novel. Don't let yourself stop. Even if for some reason, like you need to take a day off or whatever, you don't say to yourself, I've stopped because people have a really hard time starting over. Often starting over is harder than just starting. And I remember my yoga instructor, he gives a lot of private, uh, private instruction. Mm -hmm. And here in New York City, a big thing is people go away for the summer for a month or two. And so people would say like, okay, well, I'm going to stop for the summer and I'll call you when I get back in the fall. And he very wisely says, no, you're not stopping. I'm going to like look at my calendar and I'm taking off this day and 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 this day. But you're not stopping. And here's the date, September 4th is the day you're coming back and I'll <laughs> see you then unless you let me know. And so they don't have that feeling of stopping and starting. It's more like, oh, I canceled this day. I canceled that day, but I'm still going. 
Yeah, whenever you need a phone call to restart something, it never happens. <laughs> yes. I think it's because you feel like there's backsliding, you know, like, oh, I was so good and now I've been bad. Or like, oh, I was so good at doing yoga, but now I'm not as flexible as I was. You know, it, it, right. just, it creates all these kind of negative things. For a lot of people, it helps to have this this thing, don't break the chain, you know, to try to keep one day after another day and really track it so that you have this feeling of, the more sort of the, the longer the chain goes, then the more you don't want to let the chain break. So for some people, that can be helpful with first steps, too, is like once it starts, it doesn't stop. All right, Gretchen, we're up with a listener question. And I just want to say thanks to everyone who's calling in with questions. We love hearing your voices and getting your questions. It's so much fun. Uh, so remember, if you want to leave us a question, the number is 774-277-9336. And Gretchen, this week we have a question from Julia in Baltimore. Hi, all. I am calling because I'm an anxious procrastinator. And I find that once I actually get started on a project, it becomes a lot easier and way more manageable, and I actually start to enjoy it. But before that point, I'm terrified. And so I'm asking for advice in order to start a project. How do you get started when you're terrified? <laughs> All right. I love the podcast. Thank you so much. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Interesting. Well, it's very appropriate that we're talking about this question when we talked about tomorrow logic, because the very word procrastinate comes from the word crass, which is the Latin word for tomorrow. Ah. Yeah. And it turns out that anxiety is a very common reason for procrastination. What happens is you're nervous about doing something. So to make yourself feel better, you turn away from it and procrastinate. But then, as Julia points out, you because you're not getting anything done, it becomes more and more anxiety generating. And so it can be a very poisonous cycle. Yeah, I know for me, when I'm really stressed about doing something, and Sarah and I do this, because, uh, you know, we, as I've mentioned, we have to pitch people. Yeah. And that's these are meetings that you wish you could put off forever because they're just so stressful. Um, and we just put it on the books, and then we just tell ourselves the morning of the meeting, this will be over by dinner. That's a really good, that's a really good technique for me. Just reminding yourself, I'm going to be on the other side of it soon. Yeah. And then um, no matter how bad it is, by dinner, it's going to be done. Right, right. Julia mentions a strategy that is actually, I think, the most effective strategy for this, which is the strategy of scheduling. This is one of the habit formation strategies, which is that you actually put it on the calendar, just like you and Sarah put something on the calendar. You put it on the calendar so that you do start. And maybe you start with something very tiny, you know, like I'm going to look up the phone number or, you know, I'm going to find the tiniest bit of information or I'm going to write, I'm going to, I'm going to just format the document because starting is comforting. Once you're engaged in it, the anxiety tends to drop. And if you schedule, you really put it on your calendar, then you're much less likely to keep pushing it off and pushing it off so that that anxiety is rising. So I should do that. I have, I can relate to Julia because I have for years, I mean, a decade been saying, and, and I really mean it, that I want to take some kind of acting lessons because, you know, I work a lot with actors yeah, and I feel like I don't have enough language to, you know, to speak to them about the process. Interesting. Uh, and it would, you know, would give me insight into writing for television. And also I get so nervous when I have to do any sort of public, uh, you know, performing 
that I my breath gets all crazy. So I feel like acting techniques would be really helpful, but I'm so scared of actually doing an acting class. I mean, I can't even like my heart is racing right now, just talking about it. Just thinking it. about it, yeah. Um, and so I should do the thing of just putting it on, you know, like what you're saying, making a call, looking it up, uh, finding a teacher. But I, t- I am terrified. And I'm sure like Julia is saying, if I just did it, it would be like, oh, this is no big deal. This is fun. This is a s- expanding, you know, live in an atmosphere of growth. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea of it is yeah. so horrifying that I shrink away. But a lot of times when you get that little bit of information, it kind of the thing that just felt like this big, gigantic, terrifying mass sort of become like you get a reference from a friend who says, oh, my teacher is so lovely and supportive and fun. And then you're like, oh, well, maybe it won't be so bad. Like it can get easier as you work on it. Whereas if you don't right. start working on it, the anxiety, there's nothing to diminish the anxiety. But here's something that's more fun than scheduling just real quick um, is treats. When we give more to ourselves, we can ask more from ourselves. And so if you're asking yourself to do something that's really making you anxious, give yourself a little treat, not a reward, not something you have to earn or justify. Just give yourself a little treat to help energize yourself. And according to some procrastination research, it turns out that people who schedule playtime, who really give themselves a break, are more likely to tackle unappealing projects than the people who don't give themselves a little treat because it's just easier to do that stuff when you feel comforted and cared for. Well, Julia, let us know how you uh, how you do with your projects, whatever they may be. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, demerits and gold stars. Elizabeth, you're up with a demerit. Yes. Uh, and this week, Gretchen, I have an eye-related happiness demerit. You had one a while back um, with your pink eye. And I have an affliction. I have blufferitis, Ooh. which is such a great <laughs> name for something. <laughs> for um, something. For, for what ails me. Um, and essentially what it means is that without going into gruesome detail, I need to... Uh, cleanse my eyelids with these special eye cleansing pads um, that sort of get foamy twice a day for a week. Does my it doctors, hurt? It does not hurt. Well, no. The blufferitis does because it sort of makes my eyes feel scratchy. Yeah. Uh, but the, the cleansing doesn't hurt. Uh, and my doctor has said if I do it twice a day for a week, it should go away. And this has been going on for like a year and I have not <laughs> done it. 
And it's like, I cannot make myself consistently use these cleansers. It's horrible. Okay. So can I, can I, can I suggest something? Yeah. Okay. So one of the things I know about you, because I am your sister, is that you love coffee in the morning. You need your coffee. Okay. So I assume you have these pads like in your bathroom and it's part of your like toothbrushing, you know, kind of routine in the morning. Theoretically. Theoretically, but it doesn't happen there. Okay. Move the pads, if this can happen, to in front of your coffee pot. And Mm. in the morning when you're making your first cup of coffee, you just say to yourself, I cannot have a cup of coffee until I use these pads. This is the strategy of pairing where you pair something that you want to do with something that you don't want to do. And in fact, last week, AJ mentioned using pairing as a way to get yourself to sit up straighter. You know, you pair it with some other aspect of your life. And uh, and every time you do that, you remind yourself to use better posture. So you only get your first cup of coffee if you've used the cleanser. Might that work? I think that's brilliant. I think that will 100% work. Uh, I'm going to do that. I'll put the pads right next to the coffee in the drawer, perhaps, instead of on the counter next to the coffee pot. Slightly unsavory, uh, uh, yeah, reminder. That's a great, thank you. I'm going to do that and I'll let you know how my blufferitis is. Um, <laughs> perhaps like just in a private call. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we, we will not be week. posting before and after photos of the yeah. blufferitis this time. I love yeah. to post photos on the on my website to go with the podcast, but in this case, just use your imagination. Yeah. Um, okay, now, Gretch, what's your gold star? I want to give my gold star to our mother. Oh, good. Um, and this is something she may not even remember that she did. But way, way, way back in the deep, distant past, she gave <laughs> me my Filofax. Ah. And this is something that I have used for more than 20 years. I love wow. my I love my Filofax. I, in fact, speaking of photos, I'm going to post a photo of my beloved Filofax. And it is like, I love it. And, you know, people keep saying, like, why don't you why don't you use something digital? But, I, you know, for me, that is not as efficient. I don't not use my phone or some kind of digital thing out of some Luddite need to use paper, but because I actually think that my Filofax is much more efficient and easier to use. Plus, it's tons of fun to have this artifact. I have one of the things that comes with the Filofax is you can order these little black kind of notebook holder things. And so I've kept every calendar back to 1992. Oh, wow. And, That's cool. And often I will, for one reason or another, look back to see, you know, when did something happen or whatever. Um, and I just because I knew I was going to be talking to you, I looked back 10 years ago on this date. We had rented a little house in Saltaire, which is on Fire Island here in New York City. And we were coming back to New York City on that day. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that house in Saltaire. Oh, and that's tw- great. 20 years ago on this date, we were having dinner that night. Um, we were living in D.C. and I was clerking for Sandra Day O'Connor. And we were having a dinner with my co-clerks and their spouses. So it was like, we're all going to go out to dinner together. And I was like, oh, yes. I, it just took me back to what it was like during that time of life. And so I just, so gold started my mother because the file of facts, it just, every day it makes me happy. Having these calendars makes me happy. There's something just so cunning. It's so perfectly suited. Is it the same file of facts that she gave you or is it a new file of facts? I mean, it seems improbable that it's the same one, but I don't remember ever replacing it. It's pretty beat up. So it might very well be the very same file of facts. Wow. Gold start them on. Yeah. Hey, and listeners, weigh in. How do you feel about the digital calendar versus the ye old paper calendar? Because I want to know, like, are there people who are still committed to paper like me? Or am I, am I the last, last, last one of my breed? 
So I'll post a picture of the of the file effects itself and also of my um, my library of the uh, of the calendars going back more than 20 years. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Pick a one word theme for the year. Call us and let us know if you tried it and what one word theme or phrase you picked for the year. And also please continue to weigh in on the dog issue. Dog or no dog? That is the question. Thanks goes to our producer, Henry Malofsky. Thanks also to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer from Panoply. Also, if you want to get my email newsletter, just text me at 66866. And in the message box, enter the word happier. You'll instantly get a text back that asks you to enter your email address. Type in your email and you'll get a confirmation and you'll be subscribed to my monthly newsletter. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. This podcast is part of the Panoply Network. Check out our entire roster of podcasts at itunes.com slash panoply.